What is going on, guys? It is your boy, Caleb. Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Betting Podcast. I had to retire the what to do, baby, for a little bit because uh, two straight days of uh, not having a huge day with what to do. And then Kawhi came out and uh, big dicked my Warriors yesterday. So I got to retire the what to do, baby. We're on to something new. Uh, we'll figure it out. But uh, I hope everyone's doing well. I hope everyone's doing well. It is Friday. Got my coffee. Not usually a coffee guy, but kind of need it today. Got my coffee. Got my bets. Bet slip out. Um, and we've got another fun slate today. So let's recap yesterday real quick before we jump into it. Go one and one. Um, those are the frustrating days, honestly. Um, the, the the Kings was really never in doubt. Controlled the game. I, I really never felt nervous at all. Hornets was the frustrating one. And, and these are the ones you're just going to have to get over and live with. But... Uh, Hornets were up double digits at half, really rolling. Uh, Pistons make a push, end up getting it to five. Long story short, you get to the end of the game. Hornets are up five with eight seconds left. Pistons ball, force a three, a three that's missed. And then, the, and then the Pistons get the offensive rebound, get fouled. Jeremy Grant makes both, cuts it to three. Still about 1.4 seconds left. Um, Hornets call timeout. So really, you're, you're thinking, okay, as soon as the ball is inbounded, there's you know a foul. It's generally what happens, but Gordon Hayward trickles away, um, and time run, runs out, and the Hornets win by three, and, and obviously don't cash that bet. But um, that's how it goes, right? You, a lot of times, you know, you, you hope you're. A lot of times, we're looking for one to two points of value just for le- legitimately situations like that, because that can be the margin. Um, so just got to be better, you know. If if uh, you know, that's just even a one or two point difference um, in the spread. You know, we cash that. But regardless, we'll take a one in one day. We'll tread water. You, We've seen in the past, we tread water, we tread water, we tread water. And then, boom, we get a big day and, and we fly up. It's about, you know, doing our very, very best. And it'll still happen from time to time. But uh, it's about doing our very, very best to avoid those really big losing days. Um, anyways, we got a, a baby uh, it's like a, it's it's not a huge slate, but it's not a small slate, but it's also probably slightly bigger than me. Yeah, right. We just talked our way through it. We got a medium, above average slate today, um, and I've got two plays today. Another one that I'm leaning that we'll get to. Let's start with the first one. And it's the Cavaliers and the Pelicans. Uh, Cavaliers have after a really, and you've seen it. I've talked about it. Ebbs and flows of an NBA season. You can never get too high or too low on a team. The Cavs have now covered six in a row after having a really really terrible most of February. Um, now granted these six straight covers are, have been against pretty subpar competition. Um, but they're trending up. They're trending up. They're seven point underdogs in new Orleans. New Orleans came out and I've been pretty in tune with new Orleans, right? They're, they're just a super fun team. So I'm, I'm going to tune into them a lot with, with Lonzo B and Zion, but, um, towards the end of February, they were trending up, right? Um, they actually beat the jazz at home. They almost beat the Bucks in Milwaukee. Um, they were just having quality games, even the ones they were losing. You know, they were playing well. Um, they, they beat the Celtics at home in that overtime game. Zion was just um, finally starting to he, – he's always been dominant, right, since he's come in. But he was finally starting to take just that that next little push that we at least I've been expecting. Um, and then they come out from the break just completely flat. And – that was the most embarrassing performance that I, I I've seen from all from them all year, and I, I think Stan Van Gundy will agree. He's he said like we 
we've just been we were just terrible and it started on the defensive end but they've been terrible there for a while they just have been saved because they've scored a, scored a lot but uh, they couldn't hit anything last night either so I'm betting on some positive regression here for a couple of reasons one anytime you have that terrible a, a game um especially with a team like the Pelicans that you know when they play at their best uh, can be a very solid team, um, you'd expect a response. Like, I don't care at all that it's a back-to-back. They've had plenty of time off, and you saw a lot of, you know, what was going on, um, at least when you were listening to post-game post, uh, press conference, was just the lack of energy, you know, just kind of it being weird um, after having so much time off. You know, they, they had trouble getting back up. Sam Van Gundy said they had their worst practice of the year the day before. So, you know, everyone, you, you think about it. I don't know. For you, what comes to mind is, you know, back in high school when we're hooping and then we have Christmas break or whatever break it may be, um, and you get like a week or week and a half off, and, and everyone comes back to that <laughs> first practice just fat and kind of like out of it. And that's in high school, right? Obviously, in the professionals, you expect a little something different. But you have to remember, these are, you know, Zion's barely 21. Zoe's like 22, 23. B.I.'s 23, 24. Um, it's a young team. So I'm expecting a response from them. The Cavaliers um, haven't been giving up a ton of points. But, I, again, it's it's all been against teams who are not very good. We saw a long, long stretch in February where they could not defend anyone, absolutely anyone. Um, and uh, that that version of that team is still in there. Um, they've especially struggled on the road defending, and so you get them going into New Orleans. This is their first game back from the break. I'd expect them to bring better energy than the Pelicans did, but you don't even have to worry about the Pelicans covering this larger number. If they cover seven, they're probably going to score 118 points. Uh, they very easily could – I could see them scoring into the high 120s this game. Um I'm riding the Pelicans to, to bounce back and uh, be able to score in a way that they, I mean, you go through all of February, uh, they were scoring at an extremely high rate for really the large majority of the month. Now they're getting a, a overall, it's been better lately, but a pretty poor defense at home in a revenge, not necessarily a revenge spot, but a bounce back spot. Uh, give me the Pelicans team total over 118. Next game, the Sixers and Wizards. Uh, Bradley Beal's questionable. Questionable. That'll obviously be huge in deciding where this spread lands. Um, ben Simmons is still out. Joel should be back. I think this line is very fair. Um, I spent you know a lot of time talking about the Wizards two podcasts ago, but uh, very up and down season. They are still despite their most recent loss trending upwards of late. Um, they've played a lot. After losses um, recently, they've been really good. They're at home. This is a really good bounce-back spot for the Wizards today, honestly. And the Sixers, I think, are still a little – maybe overrated is not the right word, but, you know, they're still without Ben. We've still seen them have consistency issues. I'm not bumping them up much just because they had one good game off the break without Joel and Ben. Like, you know, that, that for me, that's, I think, just more of, okay – you know, we outplayed the Bulls that game, but for me, it's not like, oh, this groundbreaking, you know, dominant run that the Sixers team is about to go on. Uh, ben Simmons still plays a huge, huge part of this this team, and uh, and Embiid being back is huge, but it's also it's a back-to-back for the Sixers on the road after a win. Meanwhile, the Wizards have had um, some time off and are coming off a tough loss. They're back at the crib. I like the Wizards here today. I'm not going to bet on them, but I, I do like the Wizards here. Next game, Nuggets-Grizzlies. I think a lot of people are going to be on the Nuggets. I get it. They're the fun, sexier team. Nikola Jokic, 
Grizzlies grind out results. Uh, I think this game will be very close. I actually made this exactly three. So I don't think there's necessarily value on either side. I'm just saying be wary of the Nuggets here. I think this is a legitimate 50-50 game. If you're cool with that, go for it. Um, but if not, yeah, I, I think there's a very decent chance the Grizzlies can win this outright. I, I think there's a very decent chance that the Nuggets could win this game. But uh, be wary of this this Grizzlies seem to have everyone back now besides – I actually don't know. Grayson Allen's had a concussion for like th- three weeks. But uh, besides Grayson Allen and Jaron Jackson, everyone is back. Everyone contributes um, a good bit to the, this Memphis Grizzlies team. And, and, again, I've talked about it. They're not reliant on any one person. They have so many different people that they can go to to step up that when one guy has a bad night or this guy has a bad night, it is okay. Um, I like the Grizzlies. I, I I, I like the Grizzlies a lot more, I think, than books do, although I guess this line is fair. But um, I think the Grizzlies are just uh, a slept-on team because of the nature of them being the Grizzlies. But um, just be careful here. Be careful here. Next game, Spurs minus seven. This is interesting. This is really interesting. I think this is a little bit too much here. Uh, DeMar will be out. Obviously, LaMarcus, um, we, we've – uh, found out that is he will no longer be playing with the Spurs. So you're getting the young version of the Spurs um, at home against the Magic on a back-to-back. I'd assume Fournier's out. We're, uh, I'd assume Aaron Gordon's out because it's a back-to-back. I'm not sure about Terrence Ross. So there's still a lot up in the air with the Magic. But regardless, seven seems like a little bit too much. This is a Spurs team that you know is very reliant on DeMar DeRozan. Like, they're not garbage without him, but um, they're definitely better with DeMar DeRozan this year. Um, I know they're coming off a loss. I know they're at home. I know it's a back-to-back for the Magic. Um, but seven just seems like it's a little bit too much. I, I would have this closer to five and a half, six. So I think the Magic are showing some value here. But again, there's a lot of things still up in the air. We saw just yesterday the Magic were a nine-point underdog in Miami and um, ended up covering it. And it kind of got close late. They were down 10 late. But they were in that game for the majority of that game. Um, it's a team that hangs in their battles and they get the most out of their very limited talent. So Spurs are not this team that dominated as a, as a favorite. They, they haven't done that very much this year that, you know, they're usually much better as an underdog. I know they just came off a loss. I know they're at home. You know, this is a spot that they'll want to take advantage of, but seven is a pretty large number. So I will be staying away. Um, but I think the value does honestly lie on the magic here. Last three games, take a sip of the coffee. This game, I got a heavy lean, but I'm not playing it yet. That's that's the Chicago Bulls, plus two and a half. I have this as Heat minus one. Minus one. Bam is out. Um, And we've seen Jimmy Butler take over, and again... We, we've seen the Miami Heat for a while. I think, you know, the books have always expected. You can tell by the way the Heat have been priced for even the past month that the books have always expected the Miami Heat to eventually come back, maybe not to the level they were at at the bubble, but like to a very definitely above average team. And I think they're still being priced like this. Um, Bam Adebayo obviously hurts, but... You look at the Bulls, and I think, it, again, the difference here really is just public perception. You look at the body of work throughout the year, and, and the Heat have been a little bit better, especially lately. Um, but the Bulls have been pretty damn good, and they've had to deal with a lot of bullshit. Like, no pun intended, they've had to deal with Larry being out for a while. They've they've Larry's been hurt, and he's had COVID. Um, Wendell Carter's been out for large stretches. Otto Porter 
shocker has been out for large stretches you know like Zach Levine has really been the only guy and Thaddeus Young have really been the only guys that have been consistently there all year and the bull and and they started off really slow too and and the bulls are right there so um they obviously they took a tough home uh loss to the Sixers to a team they were more talented than but you look at the bulls and really uh, to this point this year they've responded really really well off of losses they're one of the better teams coming off of losses it's a it's a night again anytime you get to play the the night after you just got maybe not embarrassed but things really didn't go the way you expected <clears throat> expect that team to be uh, a lot closer to the best version of themselves i i love zach levine he's taken a huge jump this year um i don't know if Otto or Lori will play since it's a back-to-back but regardless <clears throat> This Heat team right now without Bam is just so, so reliant on Jimmy Butler, and he's doing amazing, amazing things. Um, but it's got to be tiring. Man. They they really don't have any second. Tyler Hero's, you know, solid. Goran Dragic's solid. But um, they're just relying on Jimmy to do a lot right now. And if Jimmy even has a somewhat whatever meh game, the Bulls should win this. So I think this game goes absolutely down to the wire, and I think the Bulls have a very good chance of winning it. So I'll take the two and a half here. I don't know if I'm going to lock it in. I really don't. Um, it's again, it's one of those really, really close spreads where you can like a team, but like, it, like it just takes one stretch, you know, down in the last couple minutes to to take you from winning to losing. So I and the Bulls have broken. I've had two of my worst beats this year. I don't want to live in the past, but I had Bulls minus one against the Blazers. They were up five with twelve seconds. I lost that. I had Bulls money line against the Thunder. They were up 14 with, uh, I believe, two minutes and 30 seconds left and lost. So they've crushed my heart uh, multiple times. So I got to be extra careful with them. So we'll see. At this point, I'm laying off. All right, next game. This is absolutely wild. You will not ever, I don't think, ever find me on a spread this high again. Um <clears throat> I got the Jazz minus 17 in Houston today. Um, And I know you guys are probably calling me crazy, but we're legitimately, we're legitimately getting the worst team in the league versus the best team in the league. And I get it. It's regular season right now. Like fans calm down. Um, I'm not saying that the most likely to win the title right now. I'm just saying the best team right now in the league in terms of how they've played the body of work is the Utah Jazz. And the worst team right now, in terms of just the body of work and how they played, is the Houston Rockets. Let me go read to you their most recent games. Uh, Yesterday, 105-125 loss to the Kings. Brooklyn, 114-132 loss. Cavaliers at home, 90-101 loss. Uh, Memphis, 84-133 loss. Raptors, 111-122 loss. Cavs again, 112-96 loss. Bulls, 100-120 loss. Like, and there's still eight more L's before that that I could read. I'm not going to go ahead and do that. Meanwhile, the Jazz, um, they've actually, I'm putting air quotes, stumbled a little bit lately because they've lost two their last two and three out of their last four. But those losses were to a Miami team in Miami that they had already beat, a New Orleans team in New Orleans, and a, a Sixers team. And none of those losses were really, to me, indicative of, oh, this Jazz team is losing its stride. Oh, this Jazz team is struggling in this area. It's it's just been really the natural flow of basketball and, and other teams hitting shots and being better. But it, 
you go look into the February, they had one of the most dominant stretches. They won every single game by double digits except for one, a game by eight to the Pacers. And these are the games that they did win. A game by eight to the Pacers. Every other game they that they didn't that they didn't lose, they won by double digits. This Rockets team is getting blown out by 20 by bad teams. What is this Jazz team going to do? And I get it. You know, yeah, I'm all for being scared about garbage time comebacks. The Jazz should legitimately could they, there's a legitimate shot the Jazz are up 30 at some point in this game. And, you know, there's always a chance that Kevin Porter Jr. in garbage time comes back and, and brings this one um, under under 17. I get it. But this is has all the recipes for an absolute slacking. I think that you saw the Jazz really, really pissed off headed in towards the break. Donovan got fined. Rudy Gobert got fined. Um, and I loved it. I honestly loved it because I saw them pissed off about – two regular season losses while they're still the number one seed. In the grand scheme of things, those two losses don't really matter, but I loved seeing those two really pissed off about it because it just shows you where they're at. They want to be great. They want to prove everyone wrong. Uh, this is just a perfect storm for an absolute beatdown. You have the worst team in the league on a back-to-back. Oladipo should be out, although Oladipo hasn't really been good. I would assume John Wall's back. Um but this this Jazz team has been murking teams all year long. Besides this last week, um, I don't expect for them to uh, quote continue to struggle. Even though, again, I don't think these have necessarily been real struggles. They've just been beat by good teams. So, all that to say, Jazz minus seventeen today. Fucking ridiculous, I know. I know. It's ridiculous. We're betting on a team to win by more than 17 points. I never thought I'd see myself here. But I think you legitimately could make this line 20. And I'd still consider it because I, I've watched all these Rockets games and I, I can't believe how bad the product is. It is literally, it's ISO Victor Oladipo or John Wall. And now Kevin Porter Jr. And on defense, it's like, all right, we get beat, we get beat. We don't have a rim protector. We don't. I mean, yeah. Give me the the Jazz are so much better. I will. I will. I don't know what I'll do. I'll do something crazy if the Jazz win, lose. Um. All right. Last game: Pacers and Lakers. Uh, four and a half. I think this is fair. Honestly, um, for me, the Pacers are. They're not necessarily a hard team for me to rate, but um, I, I struggled at it. You know, I, I go back and forth between thinking this team is above average and thinking this team is average. And I think really they are probably just average. Um, I love Sabonis. You know, he's great. It's a great pass for size. I still think he's, I know people might come for me. I still think he's a little bit overrated in that he, you're not winning anything significant with him as your number one player. He can put up all the stats he wants. He's one, not good enough on defense as a five. He's, he's not protecting the rim and not a great one on one defender. Um, and the shooting now that he does helps. Uh, but I don't think that, you know, having DeMontis Sabonis uh, immediately makes you an, uh, an elite or above average offense. He's a nice piece to have. But if you're running your offense through him, I, I still feel like there's a lot of room to grow. Um, I, uh, he's a 
he's got good post moves, but against big, sturdy, solid fives, like he honestly struggles to move them. Like I've seen Dre kind of bully him and, and Dre should have no business bullying him and just in terms of the size. So um, I'm getting a little carried away talking about Demonis Sabonis. It, just in general, uh, this Pacers team, I'm not super, super impressed with is all I'm saying. Heading into the break, they lost to the uh, Sixers by 16. They beat the Cavs in Cleveland by three. They were down for a large stretch of that game. And then they lost to the Nuggets at home. Wasn't able to catch that Nuggets game, um, but the way they, they were playing heading into the break was not great. Meanwhile, the Lakers were trending up uh, a little bit, despite they had a loss in, in Sacramento, but that was without Braun. Braun's now had rest. Schroeder's back. I, I like the Lakers here today. I um, think they should get this done. Um, should, but It's kind of similar to the Hornets yesterday, right? They're, they're just a better team. They're at home. Four feels short. Um, and, ob- and obviously it was not short yesterday with the Hornets, but it's a very similar spot here. And, and I, I, you could make, I think very valid cases that this should be five and a half or six. Um, regardless though, probably going to stay away. Um, if you wanted a parlay, I think you go Pelicans. I think the wizards on the money line provide the most value. I think you skip that Nuggets Grizzlies game. That's straight up 50, 50. I think you skip that Spurs magic game. Um, <clears throat> I think you put bulls plus plus one fifteen. You just put minus 17 in that and then put Lakers. Um, that's some decent pay. That's nothing crazy, though. But anyways, I love you all. I appreciate you all. Happy Friday. Have a great start to your weekend. Go crazy. Go off. I'll be back tomorrow to, to talk more hoop. Excited that we have another day to watch basketball together and get better. Appreciate you all. Peace.